0: John Clayton. Powered through the Alaska
1: Airlines Studios.
0: Streaming live at 710sports.com. On demand everywhere. On the 710 Seattle Sports app. Now, John Clayton. And
1: joining us is Sean Salisbury. We'll be doing four downs here in a second. And so... Uh interesting uh, times right now we're waiting for the trade deadline to happen and it doesn't seem to be close that much is going on I know there's a bunch of calls I guess down to the Houston Texans for one of the four receivers but do you anticipate anything happening with the Texans dealing one of their four
0: I don't John they should they should listen they should actually make calls as well I you know depending on what the, the, the owner Cal McNair has said he likes his football team he actually said This past week or yesterday, that he thinks he's got a playoff team this year. He thinks they still got a chance, which is one and six in a very. I'm okay with optimism. I'm not real good with delusional, and it's a bit delusional. But you know what? They, you know, I'm sure people have called. But it depends on what you're willing to give up and what you're willing to part with. The truth of the matter is, Will Fuller's been good for them. If you could get a second rounder, you'd do it. If you do, if you get a third rounder, but. I'm sure there's teams, the Saints, the Packers, who are looking for wide receivers. It appears it's, it's the wide receivers and or merciless, but there's not a big amount of buzz coming on here or locally, John, in Houston about them. Somebody may pull it off, but as of right now, it appears that they're going to stand pat, at least that's what Cal McNair had uh, intimated yesterday and uh, earlier this week.
1: He must be clueless. How could he even think that this is like a playoff type of team, particularly as bad as a I Johnny,
0: we, yeah, we said that on our show uh, on my show this morning, it's like, I mean, I understand you want to keep your players up and excited, but they're not silly. They're not stupid. And while if you get rid of a Will Fuller or a Whitney Merciless or a Brandon Cooks, of course you weaken your team this year, but you need assets for the future. And remember, Will Fuller's a free agent, so somebody's either going to rent him or sign him to a long-term deal or you're going to be forced to franchise him or sign him to a long-term deal. Uh, nobody's ever mistaken Cal McNair for uh, Mr. Kraft. So that's been a big problem here and one that apparently is going to continue to go forward.
1: Unbelievable. That's just like you just shake your head at that stupidity. It's just like a, no wonder no they're 1-6. I mean, it's like 1-6 and, and let Bill O'Brien go way longer than he should making deals as a general manager. But let's get going with 4 Amen. downs.
2: First down, trade season almost over, got a couple hours away. So what has been the best trade in the NFL made leading up to today's deadline?
0: The best trade probably uh, in Gawkway to Baltimore. A pass rusher on a team that that it, it, it is going to be a Super Bowl contender. that has got a chance. I mean, I know they turned the ball over offensively, but they'll be back. They're going to battle the Steelers. They're an AFC major threat, and for them to go in there and and get him after Minnesota had just made the trade for him. I'm thinking off the top of my head, you know, with Quan Alexander gone smart by the 49ers to way with a guy who was getting paid like a starter but but was playing like a backup. Greenlaw took over. I'm going to say it's probably Ngakwe because now you've got a player that's got some explosive ability on a team that's got Super Bowl aspirations, John.
1: Yeah, I'd have to say Ndokwe because, you know, even though it didn't necessarily show up in the Pittsburgh game, I mean, now you've got Calais Campbell and Ndokwe, which is a great combination to get some sacks. And, uh, you know, this is a team now that has to depend a little bit more on the defense because the offense may be churning some rushing yards, but they're not getting the same play out of Lamar Jackson, and they need their defense to step up. And those are two tough losses that they had to Pittsburgh and Kansas City. So now I would tend to agree. Ndokwe was probably one of the few big names that went over. I still think that, you know, even though he's older, I think the Carlos Dunlap trade is going to work out pretty well for Seattle because, again, he, he at least gives a former Pro Bowl guy who can at least help and rush from the edge at 6'6, 285 pounds.
2: Trevor Lawrence has a year of eligibility remaining, so should he return to Clemson to avoid possibly playing for the New York Jets?
0: Well, here's the problem. The New York Jets are going to be – there's a good chance the Jets will be in last place next year, too, so then what? So, for me, I, I don't usually – now, if he wants to stay and play college football, now he's missing a couple games, he misses a Notre Dame game, he's put up – the only thing he's going to – that he's going to leave behind in his college career, because after missing two games, it'll be very difficult to win the Heisman Trophy if that matters to him. I'm sure it does, but it won't be his number one priority. He's been to two national championship games in two years, 1-1, They've got a legitimate chance to go to another one. What else does he have to accomplish in college but possibly getting hurt? So, but I never ever tell tell a guy, hey, if you want to come back and play and you love it and you want to take the chances that the team you don't want to play for is not going to be there but that somebody else will, then then go for it. I don't have a problem with that. We, Andrew Luck, guys have done it in the past. But for me, the Jets seem to be a team that's more than one year away. That if they're not picking first, they'll be picking second or third, and maybe if they do pick. First issue, they grab grab Justin Fields, and then uh, if Lawrence doesn't go, he's out of the you know he's out of the woods, and he can come back next year, and they won't draft another quarterback. But to me, the first pick of the draft, your your approach should be I can change a franchise around. Now that's going to be hard with the Jets; they're going to have to change coaches and and move on from Adam Gase. But I don't think Trevor Lawrence is coming back. I think he's going to go and play, and I think he'll go wherever he's drafted. I think he'll take the Joe Burrow approach.
1: Yeah, I do, too, because remember, Burrow, he was being trained by Jordan Palmer, and Palmer, through his brother, uh, Carson Palmer, was saying, hey, don't go there. Bengals, they can be bad to you. You're going to be losing for a long period of time. He didn't listen, and he did go there, and he's probably going to end up being the rookie of the year, throwing for more yards, even though he's getting sacked like crazy. And so uh, I get the feeling that Trevor is going to go pro. He'll go to the team that takes it high, even if it's going to be the Jets. You know, I guess you know he doesn't have a choice in the matter. I guess he has a choice because he can stay another year. But I would have to think it's going to work out that he'll probably end up with the Jets.
2: Third down, who is the AFC's best team at the halfway point, the Steelers or the Chiefs?
0: Pittsburgh Steelers are the best The best all-around team. They've won games when they're supposed to win. They've won tight games. They've won games when Ben hasn't played his best. They've won games when Ben's been clutch. They've won games on defense. They got good special teams. They're the best. They're the best all-around team. Now, I'm going to tell you what'll be important. Because if the Chiefs were playing Pittsburgh in Arrowhead, I would take the Chiefs. If it was you know January right now to win, if both things stayed the same, Hinesfield, I'd take Pittsburgh. I think it's important. I really do. But for me, all around, it's Pittsburgh. But the, the great equalizer is Patrick Mahomes. If he's got the ball late, you're in. You're in trouble. I like the Steelers' defense better than the Chiefs. I think right now, I don't know if they're going to win, get to the Super Bowl. They're the best all-around team. But uh, Pittsburgh right now, with the way they're playing, I'll go them first, Kansas City second. Home field advantage is going to matter.
1: Yeah, I still think Kansas City's the better team, just because as good as Ben Roethlisberger is, he's not right now as good as Patrick Mahomes, and so it's a quarterback-driven league. And again, it's just going to be how those uh, matchups go down the stretch, because both teams have reasonably easy schedules and should be able to at least, you know, get the twelve wins, and we'll see where the tiebreaker goes. I still get the right now. <clears throat> I had to vote number one on AP for Pittsburgh. They're undefeated, and that won't be. are not going to go sixteen and zero. We all know that, but I think. What you're also looking at is that uh, this is still, I think, Kansas City is, has been the favorite and remains the favorite. Fourth down, has the time come
2: for the 49ers to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo?
0: I think that's a great question, my man. I, listen, I I do a show at night, Johnny. You've joined me on yeah. the Football Hour in San Francisco as well, and I've been a Jimmy Garoppolo supporter. I have now. I've never said he's great, but I said. For that offense, if he just is, and I don't like the word serviceable, but if he protects it, throws in the 25 range, and they can run the football and play defense, he's really good for Kyle Shanahan because Kyle's such a good play caller. But if you've got to go three or four games like a Russ Wilson, like a Patrick Mahomes that can carry a team and getting through inclement weather where you've got to win by throwing the football, I don't know if Jimmy can do it on a consistent basis. There's a place for him in the league. But I can name ten quarterbacks right off the top of my head that I'd rather have. When you only get when there's five million less, if you in the next two years, if you get rid of his contract now, it's about four point eight million dollars in dead cap money. And unfortunately, with this situation, money's going to come into play because if you think Jimmy's hit the ceiling on his game, then I don't know how you can keep him. Plus, I thought the evaluation would be big the next six to eight weeks, and now John with him out for a month and a half and maybe two months. Now, how are you going to evaluate it? So you're taking a bigger risk to keep him around. I hate to say it, but I'm starting to think this now. Jets, think about Sam Darnold trading him. 49ers, think about acquiring him. Uh, 49ers, call up Bill Belichick and see about a future with Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think the starting quarterback for the Jets, the New England Patriots, and the San Francisco 49ers is on their roster in 2021. I think they're going to evaluate hard to move on. The key is, who are you going to get in place of him? I think it's time to to evaluate it big time, John.
1: Yeah, I agree because uh, I, I still stand by Jimmy G because I, I like him probably a little bit I more than a lot of yep. people like. And you know, he, say what you want, he did get the team to the Super Bowl last year, but you know, he's still a middle of the pack type of quarterback. I mean, if you're putting him in the rankings, he's probably you know 14th to 16th, you know, kind of right there with Jared Goff. But uh, you know, the injuries have to be a concern. And of course, I, I think Cal Shanahan made a tragic mistake. You know, first off, playing him a couple weeks ago with that bad ankle, and now he's ruined him to the point now where he may have to end, you know, go into next year trying to figure out do you want to keep him or not keep him, because again, you could see he's totally affected by that ankle because, you know, he hasn't been able to get zip on the ball like he normally would, and you can force him into more mistakes, and so yeah, I think that, uh, you know, 49ers are pretty close to being done. I know you can't officially eliminate them, particularly if it's going to be 16 playoff teams, but in the end, I think they're in big trouble, and Jimmy G right now is going to be under review, but it's always, the reviews are always great on four downs and of course uh sean thank you so much i'm looking forward to talking to you on friday
0: all right johnny have a good one stay safe out there and we'll talk to you friday
1: okay sounds good and of course uh listen to the show via the 710 sports app it's powered by the dubin law group coming up next we get out the report card john clayton show 710 espn seattle It's time for The Report Report Card with the Professor. And the report card we get out each day, we look at the good, the bad, the ugly, the smart, the stupid, what people say, what people do. We take the stories, the anecdotes, social media comments. We take the voices and we attach a grade to them. And, of course, uh, Curtis Rogers gives us a report card every day. So what do we have?
2: Well, John, we mentioned it, uh, I believe, in Behind the Lines. It was Bill Belichick in his comments about... How the Patriots are up against the cap this year, and that's been their biggest reason for their uh, two and five start on the season. So let's hear from Bill Belichick. This was him uh, during his weekly radio show on WEEI, just basically saying, "Look, we're working with what we got, but what we have isn't much."
3: Seems pretty obvious to me. I don't. I don't know what's what's the question.
2: Well, well, I will say that. um, I mean, what it sounds
0: like is is a lot of excuses like COVID excuses, you know, things that things that you haven't ever said before.
3: No, it's not. I didn't say it was an excuse.
2: I never said that.
3: No, I didn't say you did.
2: Well, then don't. Right. I mean, look, we paid Cam uh, Cam Newton a million dollars. I mean, it's
3: obvious we didn't have any money, you know, it's nobody's fault. It's, I mean, that's what we did the last five years. We sold out and, Won three Super Bowls, played in the fourth, and played in an AFC championship game. You so know, this year we had less to work with. It's not an excuse, it's just a fact.
2: John Bill Belichick sounds like he just he he wants to crawl into a hole and not have to deal with this
1: season and yeah. just
2: kind of flush it down the toilet. How are we grading Belichick?
1: I give him a D. I mean, uh, you know, he he spoke with optimism as the season started. Started out well with the Sam that that uh, Newton was doing well, and now it's just all falling apart. And so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a D because, you know, it's like okay. <clears throat> you should have called it a rebuilding year from the very beginning if that's the sense. If you wanted to keep people in mystery and all that, I'd give him a D.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll give him a D minus just because you're the GM, you should know when you're coming up against the cap like this and I uh, I mean it just it goes to show that they were pretty much taking it year by year with Tom Brady. Uh they they didn't really have a plan in place after he had left, obviously. Uh going with Cam Newton who was just brought in very late into the off season, uh, who hasn't really panned out the way anybody had anticipated. Uh, you know they had years and years to draft the the heir apparent to Tom Brady. They didn't really do that. Maybe you could have said they did it with Jimmy Garoppolo, but that wasn't the case as they traded him uh, early on. They traded Jacoby Brissett. They traded a lot of guys who could have been Tom Brady's heir apparent. So I'm going to give Bill Belichick the GM a D minus because. Uh, Right now the Patriots are facing an uphill battle. I mean, yeah, they can get a quarterback in the draft or or make another trade for one, but right now they are uh, in deep, deep water.
1: Oh, big time. Not looking good.
2: Uh, Also on the report card, John, yesterday Chris Mortensen uh, on ESPN, he floated out the idea that the NFL could potentially be looking to increase the size of their playoff format beyond the 14 teams that it is now, to 16 in order to make up for any games that get canceled because of COVID. Here's what he had to say.
3: The competition committee had a a long conference call today about contingencies and prepared as this pandemic obviously is not going away. We know what the numbers are spiking. And if for some reason there are games lost, uh, then what they are going to put forth as a resolution to the owners eventually is if games are lost, Then there will be eight teams in each conference, four first-place teams in the NFC, four first-place teams in the AFC, and then four additional teams in each conference. So that would be 16 teams in all for the playoffs, and they would be uh, seeded accordingly.
2: John, how are you grading 16 teams potentially in the playoffs? Is that too many?
1: I think so, yeah. I mean, I guess from the balance standpoint, it takes bye weeks away from everybody. I just think it's a little bit too much. I think the idea is a C minus D plus.
2: Yeah, I'm going to give it a, a D plus. That's a good. That's a good grade for it because at the end of the day, you're watering down the playoffs uh, in the NFL. If you go to half the league making the playoffs, then I mean, where's the where's the real struggle in in, in making it to the postseason? Uh, you know, I think eight teams. Are alive right now in the post or for each conference. I think that would mean the 49ers would still have a playoff spot uh, in the NFC. And, and looking at that team, what they were on Sunday, that is definitely not uh, what they are. They are, are a ways away from making the playoffs. And, and obviously, with Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle both going down, they're probably going to fall even further down into the standings. But Eight teams per conference, John, that seems like a lot. It waters and, it down. Yeah, and how do you sort out the, the first round buys? Do you have the four, do you have the bottom four teams play each other in the first round and then have them play the, the upper four teams? It, it just, there's just a lot of craziness with 16 teams in the playoffs. And then finally, John, on the report card, a really cool story out of the city of Chicago. John Lester, who has pitched for the Cubs for the better part of the last uh, four seasons, four or five seasons, he is expected to leave the Cubs organization free agency. Uh, But he did a really cool gesture on his way out of town in Chicago. Uh, Over the Halloween weekend at four different Chicago bars, John Lester picked up the bar tab for the entire restaurant all day long. Uh, He spent almost $47,000 of bar tab or on the bar tab at these four Chicago restaurants uh, $31,000 in drinks uh, across the four restaurants, and then he added a 34% tip in gratuity, 34 being his jersey number. So that tip was $16,000. Uh, So $47,000 spent uh, as a thank you to the city of Chicago. John Lester, who's from this area, he's from the Tacoma area, shout out to him. How are we grading that gesture from him uh, to the city of Chicago when he was part of the uh, only
1: Cubs World Championship team in 108 years? I think we have to give it an A because, again, it's like, hey, he liked it there. I mean, he did such a great job there. And, you know, to do that and take care of so many people, I hope everybody drank responsibly, but I'll, I'll give him an A.
2: Yeah, I gotta give him an A. Uh he tweeted out, said Regardless of what's next, I wanna thank the fans for the past six years so this weekend Uh, I'm buying you all my favorite beer. Make a reservation at these different restaurants around town, and your first drink is on me. Just tell them to put it on John's tab. So just a a tremendous gesture by him. Uh, Yeah, he spent six years with the Cubs and uh, got him a World Championship along the way. I think he more than uh, has earned a free
1: beer or two in that town for what he did with the Cubs. That is it for today. Be welcome back.
2: Yeah, that is it for today's report card. Hey, be
1: sure to check out the professor's notes on 710sports.com. The professor's notes are brought to you by infinity of tacoma at five coming up next we go into busy hard seltzer text line and take your text questions text us at 710 710 john clayton show 710 espn seattle it's john clayton Powered through the alaska Airlines studio two hours every day 10 to noon
0: streaming live at 710 sports.com on demand on the 710 seattle sports app
1: Time to go into Busy Heart Seltzer text line and take your text questions. Text us at 710-710. So, Curtis, what do we have?
2: John, from the 509, they want to know, of these three Seahawks, which one has impressed you the
1: most this season? Damian Lewis, Brandon Shell, or Ryan Neal. Uh, I'd say Damian Lewis. I mean, the fact that uh, as a rookie he's come in in such a very difficult time and has done so well. I know Pro Football Focus not only rates him as one of the best rookie offensive linemen, but also as one of the best rookies, period. And so I give him a lot of credit for that because uh, I think that the, you can see he's come in. He's done fantastic. I, I give it to him.
2: 253 wants to know, is it safe to say Bill Belichick needed Tom Brady more than Tom Brady needed Bill Belichick? Uh, I think it,
1: it, it was. it's a good mix. There's no question about it. But I think that uh, he needed Tom Brady more. But here's, here's the part that I, I disagree and gave the bad grade to Belichick. He talks about going all in for five years. He didn't go all in with the receiver group last year because he really didn't have – much there for Tom Brady. They had very little a tight end, and there's even less right now. So, uh, no, it's like, you know, right, right now, who's winning the separation? No doubt it's Tom Brady, 6-2, and two, second seed in the NFC. And right now, you know, the Patriots are heading to a possible top-10 pick.
2: From the 206, they want to know, who do you think from the Seahawks will receive the majority of carries this week?
1: Oh, <laughs> I, I, no idea on that one because I don't know who's going to be healthy enough. doesn't look good for Carlos Hyde. We don't know about Chris Carson. And so uh, that's, that has still be determined. And, of course, we won't be able to answer that question until Friday to see if, indeed, they can get Chris Carson on the practice field. From the 253, they want to know, what chances do you give Miami of upsetting Arizona? Mm, I don't think much because I think that you can see that, uh, that Arizona is going to go in there. Now I say that that they uh, you know, had a great game plan on Jared Goff is going to be tougher going against Kyler Murray. So I think i give him a 10% chance. From the 802... They say it feels like Jordan
2: Brooks has really amped up the run defense. How much of a factor has he been? I think a big factor. I think
1: that you can see that particularly you know, he's able to get speed and he's able to chase down people. I think he's done a fantastic job, and I think he's kind of living up to – nobody thought he should have been a first-round pick except the Seahawks, and to me he's playing like a first-round pick. 360 wants
2: to know, John, if Tampa Bay can keep their veteran core together for another
1: season. I think they can do it for one more season, and then they have to kind of break it up. So I think, yeah, you look at it that way, You know, they've got really one more season to kind of get it going. From the
2: 253, they want to know, John, if a quarterback falls to the Giants in the draft, namely Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, Would they draft him even with Daniel Jones at the quarterback position? I think
1: you have no choice. I mean, you know, uh, Daniel Jones, as uh, talented as he is, I think you have to look at as a big disappointment because of the turnovers. I mean, the guy just makes way too many turnovers. And so uh, because of that, I think that, you know, because you you hate to, if you're the Jets, uh, give up on Sam Darnold. But here's a quarterback who's considered to be the highest ranked quarterback since uh, Andrew Luck. So I'd say, hey, give it to him. From the
2: 360, they want to know, John, who do you think is more likely to return to their team next year, Jimmy Garoppolo or Carson Wentz? Mm, Carson Wentz. I
1: mean, say what you want about Carson Wentz. I mean, I think he gets an unfair criticism for what he does because he doesn't have anything and it's a bad team. It's not coached well and everything else. So now I'd say uh, Wentz definitely is going to be back. This one comes to us
2: from the 206. They want to know, John. You think the Saints are back to being an NFC contender?
1: Yes, absolutely. And we'll find out even more this week because if on the Sunday night game, you know, they get to play the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa and they've already won the first game. They win that, all of a sudden, they're in a great spot to win the division. Don't write them off yet. 360 wants to know, John,
2: could this be the year Pete Carroll finally wins Coach of the Year?
1: No i mean i I mean again, I think it'll be a consideration, but uh, you know what you're looking at is kind of probably be you know andy reed uh might get it uh he deserves it, but again, you know certainly you look at some of the other other names that are gonna be competing against it, and uh, you know I'd have to think that uh i i had to do my Washington Post story and see if you agree with this. Because, again, it's usually somebody that improves the most. And, of course, you know, right now the Seahawks were a uh, playoff team last year. The Pittsburgh Steelers were not. I think right now the edge goes to Mike Tomlin. From the 425,
2: they want to know, will the Panthers work Christian McCaffrey back in conservatively or will he
1: assume his previous role as running back number 1? I think he's going to get back to being uh, running back number 1. I think that's just you know, really what the plan has to be and, you know, where they go with it. So, no, I think he comes back to be number one. This one from the 509,
2: they want to know, John, do you think Russell Wilson challenges for Peyton Manning's touchdown record this
1: season? Oh, absolutely. Right now he's on pace for 59. Not only is he going to challenge it, but he could trash it. I mean, that's that's how good he's been. I mean, you know, that's why, you know, MVP is going to be, you know, he's certainly right there to be the MVP, but I think right now he's going to top it.
2: This one from the two oh six. They want to know if Sam Darnold leaves the Jets, would Pittsburgh have interest in him as their quarterback of the future?
1: If Sam Darnold, yes. If he leaves the Jets, well, would he's, gonna, Pittsburgh he's not, not going to leave the Jets. I mean, uh, would the he's Jets under, move him. Yeah, they, but they're not going to trade high to do something like that. That's just not going to be in their nature. I mean, they made, they'll make a move on defense for like a Devin Bush, you know, a, 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 a Mika Fitzpatrick, but they're not going to they're not going to give up you know, maybe you know, a second round pick or anything like that.
2: This one from the 425. They want to know how much do you think Atlanta could get
1: for Tack McKinley? Uh, I'd say maybe a sixth round pick would be about it. Maybe they'd have to throw a seventh round pick back. But again, they're not trading him, so it's out of the question.
2: This one comes from the 360. They want to know, what are the chances Brian Schottenheimer stays with Seattle until the end of Pete Carroll's tenure? Well, it
1: depends. I mean, if somebody wants to pick him up as a head coach, then uh, that would go. But I think right now, I mean, he's earned the chance to and earned the ability to stay with him. So I don't see any real change unless, again, he gets a head coaching job. This one from the 206. They want to know, John, how
2: would you grade Jimmy Graham's year in Chicago?
1: Uh, okay, I mean, I think uh, C plus B minus somewhere in that area. Started out a little bit better, but it's been quiet ever since, and so quiet on their offense.
2: This one comes to us from the two five three. They want to know
1: what's the holdup with
2: Philip Dorsett.
1: Uh, his foot's just not getting any better. Simple as that. And so it looks like he's probably going to be put on injured reserve and probably done for the season.
2: This one from the 360. They want to know, has Aaron Rodgers' 2020 season uh, increased his likelihood
1: of staying with the Packers beyond the next couple of years? Uh, I don't think so. I think you know they invested as an organization a first-round pick and even more to trade up to get uh, Jordan Love, and I have to think you know, within two years they're going to go to him, which will be a mistake, but then,
2: hey, they made a the mistake. 206 wants to know, John, what's the best live concert you've ever seen?
1: Uh, It was a great one. I saw Parliament Funkadelic. I saw Bootsy Collins. Uh, That was probably the best one I can remember. I did did go to a a Springsteen concert. That was good. Okay, okay.
2: This one comes to us from the 425. They want to know, do
1: you think Seattle makes a move before 1 o'clock p.m.? I think they'll try, but I think right now the odds are... Uh, against it again you can't rule it out you know they've already you know told Luke Wilson that he's not going to be there so they have you know the roster space to do it but they also had to clear up a roster space you know to get the Carlos Dunlap uh, deal in but you know they they have Deontre, DeMontre Moore you know he's missing because again he's going to be out six weeks
2: this one from the 360. They want to know, John, if Antonio
1: Brown will have a good day in his first game available for the Bucks. I'm not optimistic. I mean, again, it's like he's been out for such a long period of time, and, you know, uh, let's kind of hope not, you know, because, again, it's like he's such a pain. <laughs> this one, uh, another
2: 360 number wants to know. Where's Chris Richard, and do you see him landing an
1: NFL gig soon? Oh, I, I would have to think so. It's kind of sad to see that you know he's not there and getting getting a job, and you know because you know he does such good work, and uh, you know wouldn't be a bad idea to even consider bringing him back at some point. But uh, yeah, it's kind of weird.
2: It is weird. He was the secondary coach for the Legion of Boom. I think that should get you a job. Uh, you would think anywhere you want. Yeah. Uh, this one comes to us
1: from the two hundred six. You want to know? Are the five and two Indianapolis Colts for real? I think so. Yeah, because I mean they still have Philip Rivers. I know he's been up and down. Their defense is one of the better ones in the AFC. They are five and two, and Tennessee's kind of trending back. So no, I I, I definitely would give it to them. I think they are for real. Three
2: wants to know, John, uh, do you think Damon Harrison plays on Sunday?
1: Uh, I think so. I, I thought it was going to be this week. I turned out to be wrong, but I still think next week, uh, you know, he'll be out there and doing some things.
2: And this one from the five hundred nine: They want to know what is the best trade piece the
1: Seahawks currently have. I think uh, Jacob Hollister. I mean, that's one that you know, reasonably priced. He probably is going to be a sixth, seventh round pick. But you know, now with Luke Wilson being cut, I think that probably is not going to happen
2: and then this one from the 208 they want to know do you think seattle could reunite with dan quinn at any point
1: following the 2020 season yeah following not during i think that that is a possibility because again i think you know that they like him you know that he's he's good and uh you know we'll see how he might fit in but again it's like uh, you know people thinking he's going to come in and be a consultant this year no that's not happening
2: and then from the 206, they want to know, John, how do you think Melvin Gordon will fare against the Chargers this week? Uh, Melvin Gordon, or Melvin Gordon uh, how do you think he'll fare
1: going forward here? Uh, I, I think he's had an offseason. I think it's just going to be average. I mean, you know, 60 yards maybe, something like that. I don't think he's going to have a 100-yard game. That is going to do it for text questions. Okay, and that's on the Visi Hard Seltzer text lines. We take your text questions at 710-710. Coming up next, our Daily Dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby.
0: John Clayton,
1: powered through the Alaska Airlines Studios,
0: on demand with a 710 Seattle Sports
3: app.
1: And time for our daily goes uh, daily uh, dose of the garage with Dave Grosby. And so, Dave, I don't know, strange game last night. Tampa Bay really struggling against the New York giant team that's pretty bad and a daniel jones quarterback who's a, a turnover factory uh and it and it, it took a, a call at the end of the game a debatable call on a non-pass interference uh that prevented them going to overtime right. so what,
3: what are they i thought they made the right call yeah, but I um but, um, you know, you're right. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's the NFL. I mean, given Sunday, even if it's Monday, uh, the Giants, you know, kind of rose to the occasion a little bit, even though uh, they're terrible. And, and uh, Tampa did what good teams do when they play poorly, which is figure out a way to win.
1: Yeah, and, of course, uh, that, that puts Tampa Bay at 6-2, and two, but it really sets yeah. up a great Sunday night game because now all of a sudden they've got New Orleans coming in. They lost the opener. Uh, Tampa Bay did to New Orleans and now they have a chance to see you know where they are and are they going to win the division
3: yeah they were uh they were out in that first game so I mean did New Orleans have something figured out on them or is this uh Tampa now that they uh, everyone is, is coalesced around uh, Tom Brady and and uh, that that takes that makes a difference yeah it's one of uh, one of a bunch of good games this weekend and the uh, Tampa you know it's six and two uh, we, we've talked about it it's been a great year for Tampa Sports Winning the NHL championship, getting to the the MLB uh, World Series, and and now six and two, looking like a powerhouse in the NFL.
1: Yeah, what did what were your thoughts on uh, what Bill Belichick said that uh, you know he's he says, wow, this was you know cap reasons caused this to happen. We had gone five years, won three Super Bowls, went to a championship game, and the cap is really what's pulled this team down. When he didn't kind of concede that at the beginning of the year.
3: Right, and and you know, I mean, uh, so now, I mean, it's, it's like the cap is a new thing. I mean, now after after 15 years, the cap is suddenly uh, the big problem. Uh, look, he, he made a mistake at quarterback. Uh, that 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 goes to, that goes without saying at this point. And I'm not saying necessarily in Kevin Brady, but Cam Newton wasn't the right fit as it turns out. And and I thought it was a little surprising to use that as an excuse, as you pointed out, not something that they said at the start of the year. New England is has not made the excuses like that, but part of the reason is they haven't had a lack of success like they're having this year, so I imagine this thing Belichick's pride a little bit, but um, look, no matter how good a coach you are, if you don't have good players, you're not going to be good. And, um, you know, the, the caps got something to do with it, but you know, poor judgment also got something to do with it. In, in, in his case, you got to say that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of sad news today. Uh, they, they find out that Luke Wilson was uh, being released. Yeah. They're gonna let him go. You would hope that he'd be willing to come back and, you know, be on the uh, practice squad just so he can stay here. But uh, yeah, one one of the more fun people in the sports we've had here in Seattle.
3: Oh, definitely one of the. More, it'll always be a revered Seahawk because of great personality. I mean that that. That, that never hurts to have a great personality and, and he's just been a great guest on the station for a lot of guys and, and is a pretty good football player as well and is part of the success here. So I agree with you. I mean, I don't know what'll happen. I don't know how much interest there is in him uh, out there. meaning the rest of the NFL, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if he winds up staying, uh, staying in the practice squad, staying with the organization. Um, he's, he's been a, he's been a nice player for this organization and had some nice moments with the Seahawks and, and, um, you know, we talked about this yesterday a little bit. You know, they were, you know, of, of the positions they're going to load up on, if it was running back or tight end, it, it makes more sense to load up on running back, and now they're in a position to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, you figure that, you know, they might need to do something uh, with Alex Collins if they don't have enough running backs, and they've got a bunch of roster moves that need to be made because, again, it's like they got, you got know, guys coming back.
3: Exactly, exactly. So uh, sad, but, you know, I, I think not entirely unexpected.
1: No, not at all. And of course, it's just a matter of you know getting together and you know seeing where that all goes.
3: Exactly right. And um, you know the Seahawks, as uh, we talked about yesterday, with a, with a, um, a week to kind of uh, think about things. Uh, Jamal Adams won't is, is go to practice, so incorporating him back into the mix is going to be a good idea, I think, um, uh, as well as some of the other defensive players who are coming back. You know, that we talked about it. You know, this team. Doesn't necessarily need to be active at this trade deadline, which is pretty quiet, I guess, right now, because, uh, you know, it's almost like they've, they've made some moves and have got some guys that they've been playing without that are coming back, uh, including Rashad Penny, uh, maybe getting close as well. So they'll get a nice influx of talent for the
1: second half of the season. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, how good do you feel about this team right now?
3: Very, very. I, I mean, you know, the, you've seen, you know, the first half story is, is how good the offense is, and the offense is shown the ability to be really good uh with with uh without any running game uh which they kind of had last week nothing against dj dallas but you're down to your fourth string running back you got russell wilson halfway through what's an mvp caliber season dk metcalf has made uh giant strides they really started you know in that packer playoff game you, you kind of saw the what, what they had there and in, in, in metcalf uh, a a guy who's uh julio jones type of receiver a, a complete difference maker uh Absolute freak athlete and, and, um, with the work ethic that you need. And, you know, he has elevated that offense to a different place. You know, they've been able to, uh, get a, get a strong offensive line working. Uh, we talked about the depth at tight end and, you know, defensively they've had problems, but, um, they seem like with some of the moves that they've, they've got coming with guys coming back, you know, they seem to be, uh, they seem to be all right there. I mean, I think you see him in the midst of the struggles on defense, uh, a really, really nice season from, uh, from KJ Wright in particular, uh, it just, just stood out to Bobby Wagner at a, at a really nice game last week. So I, I think, you know, you're feeling very good about where the Seahawks stand in terms of the NFC is, and, um, you know, is, if they can avoid key injuries, which is always the case. Uh, they should be a very legitimate Super Bowl contender, which I think had to be their goal going into this year with, uh, with the quarterback they had. And, and uh, it looks like they put together a team if the defense can, can, play more like they did last week as opposed to the first six weeks of the season they're a true Super Bowl contender
1: yeah no doubt about it and of course uh, that's going to be interesting what's your thoughts on the competition committee coming up with the idea if they're going to have to you know have missed games or something like that going to 16 playoff teams
3: yeah that's um uh, that that's interesting uh you know it kind of takes away the advantage of of, of winning your division, of being a top seed, cause I I, 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 think I saw it right. There are no buys when that, when that happens. So I can understand the appeal to it, uh, and, and maybe the necessity to it if they have to go, uh, and, you know, we see the, an, an outbreak with the Broncos front office for crying out loud today. So, you know, it still feels like that there's a lot of things that can happen. I, I, I'll say this, John. I don't think there's anything wrong with the NFL looking at and considering, um, making, uh, making, uh, continuity plans because you can't be sure what's going to go down so i, I don't think that um this, this this is a bad move at all to at least talk about it to consider your options you need to have as many on the table as you possibly can i uh, mean it's so hard to predict what's coming
1: oh yeah no doubt it's like it's a guessing game all the way through and so far for the most part they've been able to guess right i mean you know they haven't lost any games they've had to move a lot right. of things around but they've done a great job with that
3: well, and, and just uh, you know, it makes sense to stay flexible, and, and that's that's what I think this is about. Uh, we'll see if this actually comes to pass, but um, I think that's what they learned from the other leagues: is is you know have have options, discuss things before they happen, have contingency plans for things that, that may never happen, and and you know have have a guy, and I'm sure they've got a guy or two in the NFL office simply sitting around thinking about what could go wrong and how could we handle it, and that's that's the way you do it. So, uh, fingers crossed. So far, so good.
1: Okay, and that's our Daily Dose of the Garage with Dave Grosby. What's on the agenda today, Dave?
3: John, just battening down the hatches for this historic election day and hoping uh, hoping peace uh, and quiet is, is what we have at the end of the day.
1: Let us hope. We need that to happen. And, Dave, thank you so much. Talk to you tomorrow. Sounds great, John. Thank you. And, of course, we will be back tomorrow. It's the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.